0: Welcome to Epic, everybody. If you are new with us, my name is Trent, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and you came on a fantastic Sunday because we're ending this series that we've been in over the past four weeks together talking about being for Flagler, and that video summarizes the big vision that we feel like God has for us as a church, and today we're gonna end this series in a really big way. We're gonna celebrate communion. We're gonna talk a little bit more about what it means for us to be for Flagler, and then those of us who call Epic home And those whose hearts have been stirred, like we talked about last week, we are going to turn in our intention cards, which represent the financial commitments that we plan to make over the next two years for us to be for Flagler. So this is a big day in the life of our church. And again, if you're new with us, I'm glad you've chosen to be with us. And I hope you don't feel any obligation in what we're going to be doing. But here's what I hope that you'll see today. You're going to see the church at its best. You're going to see the church coming together. You're going to see a group of people so passionate about serving our community for Christ that we are willing to make financial commitments to that. We're willing to back up our words with our finances and say, listen, community, we are coming after you so that you can know that God is for you in a significant way. And you're going to get to watch that today as our church family does this. So I'm glad that you're here for this. And if you've been coming over the past few weeks or past few months and still deciding whether this is going to be your church home, I'm glad you keep coming back. And I hope that today will be one of those moments where you will be propelled forward to join us and be for Flagler when you watch a church family that's so serious about serving our community. But for our church family, this is a big day for us. This is a defining moment. This is something that we've never done before in the 10 years that we've been in existence. And so this is the day where we come together and announce before God and our community that we are for Flagler. And we want our community to be served in significant ways. We want our community to know deeply that God is for them by how we serve them. And one of the things that I'm praying For today and uh, throughout uh, our efforts, our four flagler efforts is what happened, the miracle that happened in the New Testament. And you may be familiar with this story or, or maybe not, but there was a little boy one day that gave his lunch to Jesus. He had five loaves of bread and two fish. And he gave that to Jesus, and Jesus took that and multiplied that to feed thousands of people. Scripture says it was 5,000 people, and we know that that was just a record of the men that were there, and there were probably ten to 15,000 people there in that moment. And Jesus fed all of those people with this little guy's lunch. And when I think about what we're doing together today, we're coming together and saying, God, here's my sacrifice. Here's our sacrifice. Would you multiply it? to reach more and more people in our community for Christ. And so I'm praying that miracle will happen and start happening today as we continue to be 4 Flagler. So again, this is a big day in the life of our church. And I'm glad you're here to be a part of it. Now, we're calling this day Commitment Sunday because it's the day we're making a financial commitment together as a church family. And as we do that, I want to clarify, clarify a few things that we are committing to. There are three specific things I want to go over that we are committing to when we are committing to being for Flagler. And the first thing is this. So when we're committing to being for Flagler, we are committing to being for people. Now, I don't know if we really understand how many people out there don't believe the truth that God is for them. There are many people that we interact with on a regular basis that don't believe that. And there are people that say, I don't even know that God exists, but if God exists, he's probably not for me. I'm probably not living the life that he would want me to live. And there are even Christ followers who believe that same lie, that believe that, you know what, God's only for me when I'm following all the right religious rules but he's not for me when I'm not doing those things. You know, if I'm not praying enough, if I'm not reading enough, if I'm not serving enough, if I'm not going to church enough, if I'm not helping little old ladies across the street enough, God's not for me. He's probably mad at me. He's probably disappointed in me. But listen to what Romans 5 8 says. This is the apostle Paul speaking. It's a profound statement. One of the things that Christianity is built upon is this statement. Says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So, while we were still sinners, the moment we're shaking our little fist at God, saying, Leave us alone, you're not the boss of us, we're gonna do whatever we wanna do in that moment when we were at our worst, God was at his best. And God was proving to us that he is for us, and he sent Jesus to die for us in that moment. Now, would you do that for somebody? Would you go and serve someone who was shaking their fist at you, saying, leave me alone, get out of my life. I don't want anything to do with you. Would you be willing to die for someone in that spot? Most of us wouldn't, but our creator did. He sent Jesus to die, and we should live in response to that amazing truth that God is for us. And here's why that is so incredibly important. One of the primary ways that people around us will understand that God is for them is by how we treat them, by how we live. So they'll understand that when they interact with us and have good interactions, when they understand that we're serving them, even in moments when they may be at their worst. Those are moments that we can be at our best and we can represent Christ well to them. So listen to what Jesus said in John 13, 35. Speaking to his disciples, he said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So it's our love for each other, our love for people that proves that we represent God to the world. And then Jesus said this in John 17, verse 20, when he was praying to his heavenly father, he said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So get this. If you are a Christ follower today, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was praying for you. He was praying for me, and this is what he prayed. He said, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. That means our love for each other and our unity will prove to the world that God is is for them. So when we are committing to being for Flagler, we're committing to being for people and letting them know that God is for them by how we serve them. Second thing that we're committing to when we commit to being for Flagler is being a church where hurting people can find help. That's why we believe God is leading us to start a counseling center and a care network, because there are thousands of hurting people in our community that don't know where to turn to for help. And for many of those people, the last place they think to turn for help is the church. And I've spoken with a few folks that have told me, listen, like, why would I turn to turn to the church? Because the church will just judge me. The church will make me feel worse about myself, not better about myself, so why would I turn there? You know, Think about that statement from God's perspective. That breaks God's heart. Listen, I think God designed churches to be more like hospitals for sick people than social clubs for religious snobs. I truly believe that, and I think we see the context of that in Luke chapter five. Jesus was confronted in that passage by some religious snobs, some religious leaders, and he was confronted because he was spending so much time around messed up, sinful people. So these religious people asked his disciples and eventually asked Jesus, like, why are you spending so much time? And they used this word, they called those people that Jesus spent so much time with scum. Why would you spend so much time with those people? And Jesus answered in verse 31. He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. So Our churches need to be filled with people from all walks of life, people who are hurting, people that that may be messed up. But we need to be filled with people. And this needs to be a place where people can find help and healing so that they can take one more step towards Jesus and find the help and healing in his teachings. Do you know what that kind of church, that kind of ministry is called? It's called messy. It's called messy church and messy ministry. And uh, I'm curious, how many of us are really comfortable with messy ministry and messy church? You don't have to raise your hand Um, I think the reality is most of us are more comfortable with clean ministry where we don't have to get into the mess of somebody else's life, but that's not how Jesus lived. That's not what Jesus modeled for us. And so I think messy ministry requires that we get more comfortable with the mess of helping people be transformed by Jesus. And here's the reality this morning. You might be sitting next to or sitting in front of or sitting behind someone who is a mess Someone who is a wreck. And if you look around and don't see somebody who looks like a wreck behind you or around you, maybe it's you that's a mess this morning. Uh, Maybe you're the one that that needs to be transformed by Jesus. And here's the reality that happens every Sunday. Every Sunday, we have people who come in and they're saying, listen, I I don't know if God is a resource for me, but I'm gonna give him a shot or one last shot. And I read an email to you uh, last week that came from a woman who emailed me after we started this series. And it was based upon the foundational truth of Romans 8.31 that God is for you. She sent that email basically saying, listen, I haven't believed that in my life. And yet now uh, I've come in to hear this message. And she said, I have a neon flashing light that flashes in my head that says, God is for you. And that helps me make it one more day. There are people that come in here in every church in our community every Sunday in that spot. And if you're a Christ follower, if this is your church home, you have a responsibility to reach out and welcome them, to let them know that this is a safe place to be a mess and step towards Jesus. And the cool thing about Jesus is he's never said to anybody, hey, go clean up your life and then come to me. He says, come to me and I'll help you clean up your life. So if you look around and you see somebody who just might be a little bit of a wreck on on any given Sunday morning, you have a responsibility to to help them in some way, to extend a hand of, of friendship, to maybe ask, are you okay? Is there anything I can pray for for you in your life? To do whatever you can to help them take another step towards Jesus. And if you engage a conversation with somebody like that and you start saying like, hey, this is a safe place for you to, to grow to be more like Jesus. It's a safe place to be a mess, like it's really okay to not be okay all the time. And if they challenge that and say, like, really, all you have to do is point at me and say, look at our pastor, he's a wreck. Like, he's a mess. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm a mess. And I tell you from the stage often, the moments that I mess up at home, the times that I say things to my wife that I shouldn't, the times that I hurt my kids' feelings. But when we fall down, we get back up. And we keep taking steps every day to become more like Jesus. And that's the context I think Jesus said for his disciples. That's what he modeled for his disciples to follow and to help other people grow to become a little bit more like him. So when we commit to being 4 Flagler, we're committing to be a church where hurting people can find help. So here's the last thing I want to talk about today. When we commit to being for Flagler, we are committing to sacrifice for someone else's benefit. We talked about that three weeks ago. We looked at the Good Samaritan story. So Jesus was confronted again by another religious snob, He was confronted by a religious leader, and that religious leader said, listen, how do I gain eternal life? He was trying to put Jesus into a bad spot, and Jesus said, listen, how do you read the law of Moses? And he quoted the great commandment. You must love God with all your heart, soul, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, yes, you're right. Now go and do that. And the guy wanted to justify himself, said, who's really my neighbor, and how do I really love them? And Jesus told him the story of the good Samaritan. He told him the story of the man who sacrificed his time, his resources, his own money to help a guy who he found half dead on the side of the road. And Jesus basically said, when you see a need, you should meet a need. You should become the good neighbor for someone around you when you see them in need and do what you can to serve them. And Jesus said this in Luke chapter 16. In verse 9, he said, Use your worldly resources to benefit others. Let me read that one more time. Use your worldly resources to benefit others. Now, I read that, and I think, ah, a lot of my life, I don't know that I live that way. I use my worldly resources to benefit me. But God says you need to use your worldly resources to benefit others, And, and here's why that's important. He says in verse 11 for if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth who will trust you with the true riches of heaven anybody curious what the true riches of heaven are it's not gold it's not precious stones it's people It's people who put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Those are the true riches of heaven. So when we commit to being for Flagler, we are committing to invest our resources in people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And here's the amazing thing about God, is he never counts our sacrifices as sacrifices. He counts them as eternal investments in things that last forever, and that's people who put their faith and trust in him as their Lord and Savior. So when we invest in being for Flagler, we are committing to these three things. We are committing to being for people. We are committing to being a church where hurting people can find help. And we're committing to sacrificing, to invest in people coming to know Jesus. Now, before I explain how we're going to do communion today, I'm going to walk us through one more time how to fill out an intention card. So these are the cards that are on your seat. And uh, we have been talking about this uh, throughout this series and asking you to pray about this. And I explained last week how to fill out an intention card. And I know there's some folks that may not have been here last week. So I'm going to go through this one more time. And uh, we'll be walking through it up on the screens here. And later in the service, we'll bring the lights up and give you an opportunity to fill out your card. So let me just walk through this based upon some numbers that I gave last week. And these are just examples of, of what you could do, we could do, as we commit to being four flagler, So let's just say that you normally give $1,000 a year back to God through Epic. We would call you a percentage giver. So let's say it would be $1,000 that you would write in that top line there. So then let's say in that next line, it says uh, my or our expanded annual giving to four flagler. Let's say you felt like God wanted you to increase that by $500, so you would add the, those two lines together. A thousand and five hundred would make fifteen hundred. And then we're going to take that to the right times two years. And this isn't a monthly intention. This is that yearly intention that you might pay out over several months or over the months of two years. But this is not a, a monthly thing. It's a yearly thing. So over two years, that would make three thousand dollars that you would invest in four flagler by giving back to God through our church family. And then under the stored gifts category, let's just say that you know that you're going to get a a nice tax return over the next two years. And you sense that God wants you to give a portion of that tax return, those tax returns for the next two years and give that to be four flagler. Let's say that you decide that'll be $2,000. So $3,000 plus $2,000 equals $5,000 that you would be committing to, to give back to God through our church family to be for Flagler over the next two years. And I know that for some of you, these numbers are high. For others of you, these numbers are low. So what we're asking is, if this is your church home And if your heart is stirred by what we're talking about in in being for Flagler, if those two things are a reality in your life, would you do what God is leading you to do? You don't have to do what God is leading somebody else to do. If these numbers are too high, you don't have to do that. You do what God is leading you to do. If these numbers are too low, you don't have to do that. You do what God is leading you to do in your own life. And one of the real important parts of this that we're asking is that you put your name on the bottom of that. So you see at the bottom right-hand side, there's a white box there. It's got a spot for your name, your phone number, and your email. Now, let me tell you why that's real important. Because this is the spot where people get really weird you know, about this stuff. Like, I'm going to put my name down. That seems so official. And you know, I'm afraid somebody's going to judge me because of what I give or what I don't give. And let me reassure you, that's not going to happen. That won't happen. There are two staff members who know who gives what. And they don't search that for personal reasons. They have that information for accounting reasons and actually for tax purposes. So everything we give through Epic Church is a tax deductible donation. And at the end of the year, we send out uh, contribution statements to all those who have given. And if you would like to submit that to, Be reduced off of your taxes, you kind of need that form that that we give, and we need to know who you are. Uh, So that's very beneficial for us to have that information, to know your name. And as you're filling that out, if you would write clearly and legibly, that would be super fantastic for our finance director who looks at that stuff and goes, Who is this? I don't know. Is that an F or a T? I'm not sure what that is. And then write your information down clearly. If for any reason we would need to follow that up just for clarification purposes, then we could do that. Now, um, I assure you also, no one is going to call you over the next two years to ask you to fulfill your intention. No one's going to do that. Okay, This is an intention card. This is what we intend to give over the next two years. This is what we sense God is leading us to do. This is not a 30 year mortgage contract that you are signing, okay? Everybody breathe a sigh of relief on that one. All right, this is not a contract. This is an intention card. This is what we sense God wants us to do. And over the next two years, someone might need to adjust their intention down. because of something that happens in your life. Maybe there's some big financial thing coming your way you're not expecting. Maybe there's some health-related issues, and you might have to adjust it down. If so, we understand. For others of us, maybe there's some blessings that God has in store over the next two years, and we might adjust it up. Again, this is an intention. This is what we intend to do over the next two years. And writing your name down here lets us know that you're a real person who intends to give this as we walk through being four Flagler together. Now, here's how we're going to take communion and then turn in our intention cards. And uh, let me just say this. If you're new, again, I hope that you will celebrate communion with us today, but don't feel any obligation in the financial part of what we're doing. Uh, If you are a Christ follower, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, communion should be open to you, no matter whether you call us your church home or not. And we hope that you'll celebrate communion with us. And I'm going to show you in just a minute how you can celebrate communion with us and celebrate being for Flagler without making a financial commitment. So in a few minutes, I'm going to give everyone some time to fill out your intention cards. And at that moment, the lights will come up, and I'll just give you about 60 seconds or so to be processing, preparing your heart for what you sense God wants you to do. Hopefully, you've been doing that over the, the time frame uh, that we've been talking about this in this series. And uh, there are cards around you. If you forgot your card at home, there are cards around you. There are cards at our back tables if you need one of those. And if you're online watching, you can go to our website at theepicchurch.com uh, forward slash for Flagler. There's a tab on our website, for Flagler, and there's an intention card there as well that you can fill out. So let me me just walk through this real quick. After you fill out your intention card, what you sense God wants you to do over the next two years, and then write your name down at the bottom clearly with the contact information. Then we would like you to slide this intention card into one of our special giving envelopes that are around you. So they're on the seats. Again, this is for a family to do together. This is not an individual thing unless you do your finances individually. So then you would put the card inside this envelope and the envelope has two sides that we would like you to fill out. On the back side, there's some information, just some boxes, some lines that you can check that will tell us the next steps that you are taking as you do this. These may be, this may be a first time you're giving. This may be a time that you're stepping into experiencing what tithing is all about. There's several different categories there of first steps that you might be taking. If you would just fill that information out, we would love to celebrate that with you. And then on the front, and this is where everybody can participate, whether you're being four flagged with us or not, uh, is on the front. It says, I am for with a line. We would love for you to write the name of a person in our county or somebody in your life that you want to be for over the next two years. So write their name down, and uh, then you'll turn that in in a little bit. And as you turn that in, what we're doing is we're collecting that information. And we're going to be praying for those people with you. And most likely, we'll get this information to our prayer team, our elder team. And we would love to be praying with you for those people that you know need to understand that God is for them. And we want you to be praying about the part that God wants you to play in demonstrating that to them over these next few years. And then what we're going to do is we're going to come up during communion, when communion happens, And I'll make it clear it'll be time for us to come up. So then you come up to one of our four Flagler boards. We have two boards that are four Flagler, and they are cut out in the shape of our county. So when you walk up to these boards, there's some thumbtacks on the little stool next to them. We'd like you to take the thumbtack out and then just pin your envelope to that board. And then you can go to the right or to the left and pick up the communion elements and then circle back to your seat holding on to your communion elements, because we will take communion together this time. Normally, we take communion on our own during a communion song. But today, we're going to take it together. So hold on to that as you do that. Now, let me just summarize that, because I know I just threw out a whole bunch of information. Okay, So in just a minute, we're going to fill out our intention cards. Okay, we're going to fill that out with what we sense God wants us to do over the next two years. We're going to slide our intention cards in these envelopes. We're going to fill out the back of the envelope. We're going to fill out the front of the envelope for who we're for. We're going to come up. We're going to pin that to the board. We're going to get our communion elements. We're going to go around back to our seats, and we're going to hold those elements until I guide us through communion. So Hopefully that all makes sense. So here's the time, folks, that... I'm going to give us just a few moments to prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, confirm what God is saying to us as we fill out our intention cards and then turn that in together. So I'm going to ask for the lights to come up and I'm going to give you just about 60 seconds to do that and our worship team is going to get in place as that happens. All right, everybody. Hopefully you've had enough time for this and uh, if you would, there's a little uh, tab that you can pull off on the back of your envelope. Hopefully none of you have been licking that, trying to figure out how to close it. Just peel that, and then you can uh, seal your envelope. And I'm gonna pray, and then when I say amen, you'll be free to get up from your seats, come up to one of these boards, pin your card, get your communion elements, and then we'll take communion together. So let's pray together. It's a really special day in the life of our church. It's a day that we're coming together to be for Flagler. But We understand from scripture that you are for us and that our world doesn't understand that. We have a responsibility as Christ followers to live our lives in response to that truth and to prove to people around us that you are for us by how we serve them. So, Lord, today in this moment, we're going to celebrate communion, but we're also going to make a commitment. We're going to make a financial commitment over these next few years that we want to back up our words with action. We want to put our money where our mouth is, and we really want to come together to serve our community in significant ways. And, Lord, just like we talked about with that miracle of you feeding 5,000-plus people. We pray that you would multiply our sacrifices, multiply these investments, these offerings to reach more people with the good news that that we can have a relationship with you that lasts forever. We've got a lot of people in our community that desperately need to know that. So we pray that you would multiply our efforts today and help us be a church that serves our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can now come and turn in your intention cards and celebrate communion. 1 Corinthians 13, actually 11, verse 23 says this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it, and he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is broken for you, just trying to put yourself in that moment with Jesus and his disciples. They're following him. like they're, they're giving all that they have to follow this guy who's telling them, like, I'm about to die. And they're going, like, what, what? Like their mental gears are stripped. What do you mean you're about to die? And Jesus knew in that moment, you don't get it. You don't understand what, what's about to happen. But you will one day. You'll be able to look back in this moment and understand that my body was broken so you can have eternal life. So let's take the bread together. Verse 25 says, In the same way, He took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant. He didn't say contract. He didn't say, if you don't fulfill your end of the bargain, I won't fulfill my end of the bargain. He said, it's a covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until He comes again. Let me remind you, folks, Jesus is coming back. And it could be one day very soon. And we've got a lot of work to do. There are a lot of people who who don't have a relationship with him. And we need to help them understand how to have a, a real relationship with the creator of the universe who died so they can live. And they'll understand that by how we treat them, by how we serve them, by how we show them what it means to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. That covenant between God and us is sealed with Christ's blood. So let's take the juice together. Now in just a minute, we're going to end with a special prayer in kind of a special way. Before we do that, let me just give you a few more details uh, about Fort Flagler, specifically with our land. We close on our property the end of May. We would love to close with cash. So if it's possible for you to, to give a cash donation on or before March 29th, that'll tell us whether we need to take out a loan or not. We would prefer not to take out a loan. We'd prefer to pay cash. But if we had that that lump sum by that date, that would give us the information that we need to make that final decision. And then uh, on March 29th, we're calling it Celebration Sunday. And I'm going to announce what we have come together to commit to do over the next two years. So it's a, a month away. It's the end of this month. But we'll announce that and we'll then celebrate together what God is doing in us and through us as a church family as we come together to be for Flagler. Then, before you leave today, we hope that you'll take something with you. we got a small gift for you. As you walk out, there's these tiny jars at the back the tables, the back of each section. And on the top of it, it says for Flagler. And uh, these little jars are filled with dirt. This is not just any dirt. This is dirt from the property that we are trying to purchase. And uh, one of our staff members went uh, trespassing one day and got (laughs) arrested, spent a little time in jail, but it was worth it for him to be four Flagler. And what we wanted you to have was a little piece of this property, and that you would put it somewhere. And every time that you see it, you would pray over the land. Pray for us to close with cash. Pray for God to do significant things in us and through us as we purchase this land and then ultimately build a building on it where we can have a permanent home to serve our community out of. So make sure you take one of these before you leave today. Listen to Ezekiel 22, verse 30. This is God speaking. He said, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall. The sad reality in that time frame when God was looking for someone, that verse goes on to say he found no one. And I still think God is looking for people. I still think God is looking for for churches and Christ followers who will build a wall and stand in the gaps in the wall to protect the land. And so that's how I'd like us to end our service this morning. I'd like us to kind of lock hands all around, and I would like us to encircle our four Flagler boards that are in the shape of our community. So what I'm going to ask is if we would all stand together and then move around a little bit. You don't have to make a big circle here. You can hold hands with people in your aisle but I would ask some people to come down this side over here uh, and be on the opposite side of that board, someone to come to this side of this board. I'm going to ask our worship team if we can uh, spread out a little bit as well and uh, hold some hands, and then we're going to pray in closing. You can come up on the stage too if you want. We've got stairs right here. If you want to come up on the stage, you can. Come on, right up here. Grab Sabrina's hand, that'd be great. All right, come on, everybody, we can do this, we can do this. You can can even come closer up here, and I can can hold some hands. I want to be up here by myself. Here, come on, Eddie, I'm going to grab your hand. All right, everybody got a hand? Look at this. We've got a nice, big circle around our entire, representing around our entire community, around our our church family this morning. Thanks for doing this, gang. All right, everybody ready? All right, let's pray. Lord, what an incredible honor it is for us to gather this morning and do this, Lord. And and Lord, just pause and commit to being for Flagler. a special day defining moment in the life of our church. And Lord, we really do pray that you would multiply our offerings. Or we have people in our community that drive past this facility uh, every Sunday. And they drive past and they wonder, what in the world's going on in there? Lord, I pray that you would draw them. I pray that we would leave this facility. We would go out and interact with people in our community and, and help them understand that you are for them. Oh, we've got people that we work with We have people that we shop next to, we live near, we go to school with that are hurting and they don't believe that you're for them. Lord, some of those folks are are searching for something. They don't know what they're searching for and Christianity or even church is the last place that they would look. And Lord, I pray that they might change their minds based upon their interaction with us and we would help people take another step towards Jesus. And Jesus, we are so grateful that you don't tell us to go clean up our lives before we come to you. You tell us we can come to you, and you'll help us clean up our lives. So Lord, take these sacrifices that we are making today, multiply them, and turn them into eternal investment so more and more people can come into a real relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that our church family would be known as a place that it's safe to come and hear the teachings of Jesus and be transformed by him. Do more in us and through us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next Sunday.